Hi, and welcome to the 109th episode of the Keen Minds podcast, where we follow NBC's The Blacklist. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle, And I am Tessa. And Happy New Year! Happy New Year! We uh, made it to 2021. Um, Hopefully for all of our listeners, uh, nobody suffered losses. And other than being um, stuck in one place for too long. But we're trying to do our best to keep you entertained. Yes. And today we, um, well, a while back we decided that we wanted to tackle a very interesting subject. And we'll see if Tessa and I agree or disagree on it. Uh, but the, the bit hairy. Is, so what? bit hairy. Yeah, it's a hairy subject. <laughs> it's a complicated subject. but Very it's, much. Is Liz a good person? And it's complicated. It's it's not straightforward. It's not black and white. I mean, because we're not looking at this from our own, or we at least I don't believe we should be looking at this from our own moral stand standards. You know, our personal lives, our moral standards. This is an entirely heightened reality here. They're functioning in a different world, most likely. You haven't met a guy who was in naval intelligence and became, you know, number four on the FBI. Who might or might not be the person oh. that was the the uh, naval officer too. Yeah, that that and I'm usually, like, yeah, it's it's off the charts. It's the the actions taken by the characters in this show are not normal. So we have to look at it within the world that's been constructed by mm. these writers. Yeah. Well, you know, an example of that is how many cops you know that actually murder somebody as a kid or they thought they had and then the brawler kind of cover it up. And yeah, I mean, that those kind of things tend not to be, thank God, uh, the most common things happening in, in the world. Um, not that we know of. Preferably, prefer not to know about them if they do happen. Uh, but definitely, this is this is a topic that is very relevant because, as Red predicted at the end of season seven, Liz was going into a very dark place, and I think she has arrived with bells and whistles. Yep, definitely. And I think in part, he was trying to teach her and ready her for what was coming and not him. I don't think he necessarily meant to, but he unlocked that darkness. He helped to unlock that darkness for better or for worse. I Mm. mean, if she, let's face it, if she could find a way to use it, you know, for good, (laughs) I, cause I think this is the kind of world that they, that they're functioning in that that's possible. Cause we've seen red who does terrible things you would not say, well, I mean, I'm sure some people would, but most people don't say Raymond Reddington is a good person. I think that's that's a good one to look at because Spader said this is not a good man. And no, generally people who murder wholesale are not exactly. Yeah. But good. Red has also used the power he has for very good things. Mm-hmm. He has done a lot of good over the years, including working with the FBI with the blacklist. Yeah. yeah. And so I. Yeah, it's all that to say, super complicated. We're about to dive into it. Let, let's just go back for a minute into when we first started looking at the blacklist, when 
all of us went in there, started in episode one, and met Liskin. And what did you think about her? Was she a good person? At, in the pilot? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so I think there are two angles to come at this from. There's Liz as she was presented as the first time that we watched the pilot. When we didn't know what we know now about her. Mm-hmm. And she was playing the part of a really good person. She was yeah. wearing a mask and struggling to keep that. I think that's one reason that she, I mean, because Tom did not create the character or the the alias of Tom Keen, you know, the mild manner yeah. you know, elementary school teacher as someone that Liz naturally would go for at least according to her past, you know, romantic situations. And so I think that she, and we've talked about this before on other, other episodes, she constructed a life that she thought would fit that. Yeah. Yeah. Would fit the bill. She was a good person. She was working with the FBI. She was going to Quantico. She was married to a sweetheart you know, all these fantastic things. And she was wearing the mask of this good person that if she basically fake it till you make it, she was going to play uh-huh. the part long enough and hope that something stuck. But we, we were already seeing uh, those, those, those uh, fractures in that. I mean, um, the, the way that it was all about her, like she's a narcissistic, as she told Cooper, you know, I need the car. I mean, yeah, well, good good luck if you didn't, just because we overslept and I never put a a battery in my in my clock. Um, yeah, now you don't have the car because I need the car. And you didn't and we didn't milk and didn't you take the dog out? So, you know, from that very moment that we are introduced to Liz, it's very clear that she's just on the brink of something. Well, I think she also, we saw that hyper-focus that she gets. Um, and part of that comes from the self-focus and that this is important to her and therefore that's what's important. And we saw Tom at that in that opening scene with them, Liz felt like she had to remind him that their family was the most important thing. So obviously that was already an issue. That was something that had come up. Mm-hmm. Her hyper-focus on work had already shown its colors before the opening of the pilot. Mm. Yeah. It, it's evident that that there was something in Liz that was unhinged. And I think the next interesting thing that happens with both Liz, Liz and Tom is a helicopter shows up and like there is like 10 cop cars because apparently wrestler needed backup to go pick up a cage in a, a, a new agent and it, it's none of them flinch. She's like, well, I don't need the car. I guess I have a helicopter, so I don't need the car, baby. There you go. Um, that, that to me was, was that, that little thing that says this woman is not who she, who she's making everybody believe she is. A lot and then under pressure than she had a right to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and definitely the next moment comes when she when she um, she and wrestler are are there, 
and and they're you know she's with with red and red is talking about all these things that she absolutely did not want the fbi to know about a criminal father a mother who died of of uh, weakness and shame and once wrestlers start talking about it she just goes for a kill well, I go even a step before that when she's in there with Cooper and she's talking about being a narcissist. She starts by giving the resume, by mm-hmm. going through all of her con- – look at these shiny things that I've done. Look at the good things. Look at this. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, no, I've already got your resume. I want you to profile yourself. And that's when the mask starts to slip a little bit. These things that have broken through that people notice. She, you know, people think she's a bitch. She's a nar- she has narcissistic tendencies. like kids that raise themselves which she didn't and Mm -hmm. so the fact that she says something like that is also kind of odd she has those strange tendencies that Mm -hmm. don't again she feels the need to wear that mask that has been slipping more and more the longer she is put in those tense situations and she goes ballistic at wrestler when wrestlers yeah. start questioning that because going on the attack takes the emphasis off her and right into wrestler tells him basically you're an idiot you haven't done anything in five years and so you know shut up um so it, it's an interesting dynamic because we're now into eight seasons later and she's kissing him to take his gone. So have we really even changed at all? Or it's just like very obvious now. And why does wrestler continue to fall for that? <laughs> yeah. Poor Wrest. <laughs> He's I, I think wrestler thinks he knows her a lot better than he does. But you and I have talked about over the years that he seems to have this sort of pedestal that he's put her on and mm-hmm. He seems to have kind of, and I'm trying to think how to phrase this. He thinks she's a better person than she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's an angle I kind of want to come at this from. Um, you know, from the different characters, I think a lot of are they a good person, is Liz a good person, comes from the background And the points of view of the characters. So you have Red, who looks at her as either a daughter or a daughter figure. He sees her in a very childish light in a lot of times. um, Mm -hmm. Treats her as a child in many ways. And so I think in a lot of ways he underestimated this darkness and what it would do. Mm -hmm. Wrestler, I believe possibly because of some of the things we found out about his past and also possibly just because he's got a bit of a crush on her. And, you know, it's, I, I thought that had faded. Obviously it hasn't. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, wrestler's crush is apparently still going strong. Um, and so he idealizes her. I think that Tom had a very dark past and while I, and, I'm saying this, I'm not saying that the good that they see in her isn't there. I think there is good there. But some of the characters tend to highlight it more than others. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think a lot of that comes from their own background and relationship yeah. with her. I, I wanted to highlight something that is with Wrestler that, in a way, 
wrestler now has to to for survival has to kind of look at the good things because this woman knows where the body's buried it's true and basically he's now in a she's now in a position like red like red was with cooper uh, he knows some Boris. I mean, this is even worse than Cooper because Cooper was like, okay, so I lied and I said that there was not an altercation. Um, but that's an entire different thing that I know where the body of the man that your brother killed is. Yeah. So it's a holdover family. And, and I think that that's coming to, into play. But I think she's very good at hoodwinking people into making them see a better list than she is. I agree. I think she spent a long time doing it. I think that she became an expert at it. She's a good manipulator. I mean, she she made the comment at the end of season five that she learned to to use people from Tom. And I think that she learned to perfect it with Tom. But I think she had a natural inclination whether Blonde Cat is her mom, whether she's not, uh, we've seen, you know, the flashbacks of Katarina. She was a master manipulator. Oh, yeah. And if Red is her father, my gosh, those genes. Yeah. She didn't have a whole lot make you, of... Make you afraid for Agnes. Oh, and gosh. There, there is something there um, that, it, that is interesting is that in season six, Red tells her, you remind me of your mother. Have I ever told you that? I don't think that was a compliment. I agree. Mm -hmm. But she... The most most conflicting thing about her, and I am very curious because for the last few episodes, Aram has kind of receded into the background because... Ram's relationship to Liz will be, to me, the most interesting to explore. Wrestler always had a bit of a crush. I think it's, you know, she's the the bad girl that he never got to date. And um, and Cooper, it, it's it's almost taking a paternal interest in her, so kind of not really seeing her. But Ram had um. Aram has a, a less capacity for that kind of of obfuscating that that uh, that wrestler had. He was always like he was always aware that Elogy was doing something and that and that uh, Janet was really there was something there because she was just too out of his league. And Elogy, he always had this inkling. That's why he goes looking. Because he always felt that there was something else there. So I'm interested in in the fact that they have taken a big step back with with Ram, and let this play with him in the background. It's bound to change. Mm, maybe, maybe. Um, Ram has definitely darkened. Um, he's he's inched over into the gray a whole lot more than he started. He is someone that started as an innocent, I think. And it's sort of an innocence, yeah. I mean, he was fine into hacking stuff. Yeah, but I'm just saying, for the world that they're in, yeah. he started out as an innocent. Yeah, now and, he's definitely not. Yeah, I mean, and we, we've watched that journey with him. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i hesitant. You may be right. Um, there's certainly evidence pointing to it, but I also know that this writing team has proven that they have a hard time balancing an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. So 
often people fade into the backgrounds that are not necessarily story driven fades, but it's because they're like, oh, yeah, we forgot about them. Mm-hmm. Well, but it, it but eventually they would balance stuff by making a Aram centric episode. They do. Um, they do. So the 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 interesting thing is that Samar was the the character that was always on to list. That always called it as she saw it, and she was not the kindest to Liz. I mean, she always said, you know, she did all this, she faked her death, she had no concern for how we felt. Um and and she'd always felt, you know, like why are you with this this um this you know hiding thing about giving the baby away? Of course we know why, because Tom was not on board with it. She was doing all this behind his back. So the last thing she wanted was to have this out in the open. But uh, but Tamar was the one who consistently kind of called her on the things that she was doing. And now with her gone, I mean, Alina certainly seems to have her doubts about the entire universe there. But she's also so new that it's. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't hold the same thing. Yeah. And so something kind of going through Liz's personality and what we've seen on her that I noticed, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. She likes, likes is probably not the best word for it, but she seems to approach things by needing to put her own brand of justice on them, that she needs to even out the playing, you know, the playing board when something Mm -hmm. happens. We see it with Tom uh, when she finds out who he is. She keeps him on a ship for four months. And breaks and, his thumb. Yeah, well, uh, shoots him. Oh. And, and shoots yeah. him, you know. Yeah, uh, three times. Of, yeah, it's fun times. Uh, but all of that, I mean, but once he's out, she's not interested in seeing him go back to prison. In fact, she she's like, why would he come take the fall for this. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't want him to go to prison for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it evens that out. And we see that it again, again and again. And I think also with wrestler, it's beca- kind of become a, whose turn is it to hide the body? Mm-hmm. And so what are your thoughts with the, uh, the Liz brand of justice as a narcissist or someone with, uh, what what's the term she actually uses? Uh, she just, she can display narcissistic narcissistic behavior. Yeah, that's very mild. And I find it interesting how, uh, and I was looking at an analysis on, on that I made of Liz a while ago, and I said one of the things that is interesting about her is how she, she reflects on others or see in others what she should be seeing herself. Uh, Red is telling, she tells Red, you know, every time you do something that makes me think you care, you do something else that make me think, that make me believe you don't. And that's exactly what Liz does. Yeah, you do care, but then you do something else like fake your death or do whatever or let, you know, forget about this FBI agent that got killed trying to protect you like idiots and you let your mom go even though your mom has done nothing but trouble for you. She tells Kirk that, you know, what horrible thing would happen to you where you abandoned or something dark happened that made you believe that all these dark things that make you me want to love you. But then the same thing, she's doing dark things and pretending that those are going to make people love her. Um, 
I honestly have have a feeling that that Liz Justice is even worse than Red because you know it's about making things even. But in order to make things even, you have to understand what's behind. Because let's say that you come at the situation and you see um and you see, for example, Red shooting Scotty in the arm. And you think, oh, my God, that's a bad thing. I mean, it's good because she didn't kill her, but why shoot her for saying something that was basically true? And, and if you don't have the whole background of, you know, yeah, but Scotty was the person who who accepted that to for reasons unknown, you don't get the whole story. And Liz is not good about getting the whole story. So her brand of even the the field getting even being even and then the whole thing is over it's great when she has all the facts but things that go way in the back that she doesn't have the inclination to actually listen to what people are saying that's a problem i i agree with you there um but th this brooch is on a subject you and i disagree on with mm -hmm that she has been struggling to get those facts about her past since Red showed up on the scene, and probably before that. And so the fact, I think in a lot of ways, Red is about, you know, he she's about to chase him down or whatever is about to oh, happen. Oh, she's probably going to shoot him again. <laughs> um, but stab whatever, him. How, however they're going to take this I hope it doesn't get stretched into oblivion but he I think in a lot of ways he has sealed his own fate with that with her because he knows how she is he knows how she reacts to things and yet he's dragged this on without she keeps asking why 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 and he's had countless opportunities now I think personally I think he's protecting the real Katarina and that's why he feels like he can't put you know he can't tell her but he has, much like right after Tom died, just sort of tinkered with it in a way that it's like, do you have to be such an ass about this? Like, well, I understand you have your secrets, but you don't have to poke the bear. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And I do believe that it is true to an extent. I embarked just in a and a couple of, of long series in Reddit that I haven't translated to Tumblr, but it, and what I've been looking at is, is Red really not telling her? And, you know, I've come to this surprising conclusion. I think he's actually being quite honest. He says him being very open, but he is not being dishonest. It's the audience. The audience tends to do the same thing. That is read in a nutshell. He doesn't lie to Liz. Okay. But that not lying is not the same thing as open honesty. Well, the way I look at this, it's, it's, it's like this. You're, as you said, we're, we're, we're in a world that is not ours. It's, it's a hyper reality with their own parameters and in this in this world, in normal worlds, people will call, get the phone and tell people, hey, you know what, you're hiding. OK, we're not going to tell her this, this and that. And we're going to tell her this, this and that. And we will have a a package or we're going to say, let's tell these people. 
these people are not moving in that world. They're moving in a world in which they don't know what the other person knows. They don't know to what extent they can trust the other person. And they can never open talk about anything because they're not sure what A, the other person knows or if they're being overheard. So in these conditions in which they're, they, each one of them have a set of facts and none of them have the entire thing. The way to proceed cannot be open. So you have to, the most important thing that Red had been trying to teach Liz is to ask questions and listen. And I, my personal uh, moment of this woman is going to end up dead was in the last episode when she starts piling in the last two episodes when she starts piling questions on Dom. Um, the same way she did when Dom, with, with, when Red was having the, the whatever it is that he had, and Red is telling him, "I this is not my fault." So she doesn't listen to this, and immediately wants she wants an answer that is all there, and she doesn't understand that Red doesn't have all the facts. He's teaching her to ask for facts because that's what get her to survive. This, she does the same thing with, with Dom. Dom told her why he couldn't say anything. She says, I'm caught in an impossible situation. If Liz is, is his granddaughter, what could that impossible situation be? That's what Liz never stops. She starts piling questions. We're trying to survive here. And why are you doing this? And, and then it becomes a string of like, the outlet of anger that she's keeping, and instead of listening, why would you be in an impossible situation? What's the only way that Don could be in an impossible situation? It's only if it's between his daughter and his granddaughter. That would be the only impossible situation because his wife is dead. He had nothing less. But as it stands, Liz thinks that Blonde Cat is her mother. And so therefore, if she thinks that's a fact that she has, that's not even going to enter. I know. I know. There you go. And the other issue that I would like to point out from Liz's point of view, from her perspective, because once again, we need to get in each character's head. When she does that, one, I think it's the stress that she's under so much stress and she feels like she's on the, she talked to wrestler about it, that she feels like she's on this island with, you know, a, FEMA storm coming around her and threatening to drown her constantly and that she has very few people she can trust. I don't think she trusts Reddington anymore. I mean, especially not right now, but in general, Red is so cloaked with any answer he mm. does happen to give her. She doesn't trust him. She doesn't know how to trust him. And the same with Dom. Dom gave her what she thought were answers. And then she found out that a ton of it was incorrect. But why did he give her that? Because she started the, the when she goes to say, she doesn't say, this is what I believe happened. Tessa, is it true? I'm saying from Liz's point yeah. of view, that's what yeah. she's seeing, is that this man, who is actually my grandfather, 
It's my first interaction with him was him lying to me. So she doesn't trust. She, I don't think she gets so frustrated with people uh-huh. lying to her and manipulating her that it just, she just wants a freaking answer. And honestly, I can't blame her for that. If I were in her shoes, I would be that frustrated as well. Yeah. I, the, the audience is Liz. The audience <laughs> is that frustrated. Totally Liz. Yes. But the, the thing is, is that I, I took a, I've always taken a very different approach to, to this. And I do believe that there was a second memory manipulation that made all of this even worse. And I think it was done by Ms. by Kate sometime in 311 when she was supposedly beaten up by this guy. I think the beating the, the beating was a way of concealing the the bruises from her resisting. Um just just that's an interesting thought. I had never thought about that one. Um because the the timeline's so funky. I mean, when we hear from Krilov that there was a mem- or he indicates that there was a memory manipulation, it sounds like it should have been at the end of season two. It's 2015, but 2015 but, ends in 311. Okay, and so because yeah. uh, we have the date in which Raven Wright was killed. That's right. Okay. Well, then that that's very interesting. So I think that that compounds a lot of what is happening. Is that she is not proceeding with the same set of facts that she has had since season one. At the end of, uh, halfway in three, a third of the way in season three, she had everything that she had learned taken. And she's back from starting again with the the doubting and hating Red and hating Tom and, and wanting to give away the baby. At the same time, she's like totally like in agony over this thing and blaming Red and talking with words that if you analyze them, they're exactly the way the words that Kate is using. So there is there is a whole set of things that have happened that I get why why Liz is, is reacting like this, but I also get another thing, which is in all this, I, I guess somebody can take your memories, but what they can't take is learning to listen and ask questions. Um, and and either you, if you if you go from the things that Red has said to her, he told her, Kirk is not your father. Yeah, well, she told her, this woman is not your mother. So, and the fact that he was right about yeah, Kirk. Hang on. He's never actually said she's yes. not her. Yes. When? When? She said she's a fake. You wanted you wanted to believe this woman was your mother, but she's not. She's a fake. Wait, uh, what, yeah. what episode was that? That is a set. That is a Virginia. No, um, uh, the the forger uh, in uh, season three. Um, what's her name? The one that was the, the forging the stuff for her father, from her father and stealing. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Fenberg, um, Victoria Fenberg. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go back and. Well, I I the lines are, um, it, 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 they're talking about the fakes, and she asks, "Is that woman my mother?" 
And she says, you know, it's normal that you want to believe that uh, and you don't want to understand that your mother is gone. Then at the end of that, he says, those, you know, I, the, the copies, the forgeries were so, so perfect. And I wanted to believe they were right. They were the true, the, the real ones as just as you wanted to believe that that was your mother. And, and, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't see that she wasn't. So there is a, a very distinct pattern in which Rand tells her something that turns to be correct and she do then faces the same exact situation and reacts in the same exact way which makes sense if she kind of forgot most of the stuff that happened but at the same time she also when people give her answers when she goes for people for answers she feeds them the lines she's never She's lacking the most essential aspect of being a good profiler and a good investigator, which is don't feed question. If you if you listen to what Red does, he always he never answers the question that people that he thinks people are asking. He always asks precisely what's the question, and then that's the question he answers. And by doing that, you're always aware of what exactly. Are you telling people? Liz fed Dom, told her that she killed her father, that there were six months in between, that what happened there. Basically, everything that Dom told her just follow her prompts. So in a way, until she and what happens in the real world, um, you see this thing as being, you know, Liz is is, you know, Red is actively misleading her. But what if he's not? What if he's just trying to teach her not to trust? Because in this world, there are so many people that are untrustworthy. And over and over, Liz does the same thing. Put words in the mouth of people, ask questions, and instead of listening to the answers, she keeps piling them up. And the funny thing is the audience does the same thing. The audience does exactly the same thing. Nobody stops and listens. You know, if you listen to that, you would have learned when a minute, if Dom is in between and it is an impossible situation, what can't possibly be? It's always, it's it's more than critical thinking. It, it's more like lateral thinking. Um, I, I learned that in when I went to college is like you always look for the set of facts under which whatever this thing that is happening that you don't understand could be happening and that's how you get to a solution because otherwise you're solving the problem you think you have and not the problem you do and that to me it's the difference it's not so much that Liz is a bad person it is that Liz it's many ways not she hasn't learned to think proactively and think who's lying to me and who's telling me the truth. She just what is like a kid, like having a, a, a tantrum. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Meanwhile, you're like, I'm trying to tell you, but you have to listen. And you think, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So, but besides that, do you really think that Liz pension for betrayal will allow her to survive this?
I think that if she ends up dying at the end of it, it's going to leave a very bad taste in the folks who are sticking around's mouth. I think that at the end of this, she doesn't come, if everything in her life is destroyed and even she's gone at the end, whether that means that she is physically gone as in dead or everything good in her life and within her is gone. I think that that's going to, I think there will be a very upset audience with that. But regardless of that, Liz is prone. Liz has betrayed the task force so many times. It's like almost, you know, in order to get your loyalty, you have to lie to her and use her, but, you know, don't show her any love. Yeah. Um, I, or be, you know, uh, blood related, at least have her think you're blood related to her. And then loyalty above all else. That. <laughs> loyalty to, the, to, to blood relatives, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. At least. Very much like Dom. Make her think. Well, yeah, I mean, she's blood-related to Dom, but she still put... I think she's got a lot of mommy issues. Um, she she wanted, and, and that's, that's something that Blonde Cat said. She said, uh, the things a daughter will do for a mother's approval or a mother's love. I don't remember which mm-hmm. one it was, but it's it's the same gist there. Mm-hmm. That she, was, she knew exactly what she was doing, and I don't think anybody ever had a question that she did. She saw this need in Liz's life for her mother. She wanted her mother. She'd always wanted to find out more about her mother, to know more. And Blanc took that, just absolutely used it against mm-hmm. against Liz to make her do. I, I say to make. I mean, Liz did it of her own free yeah. will. Oh, very happily. Yeah. yeah. To manipulate her into doing what she wanted her to do. Now, going back to the task force, which I think is a fantastic topic because, you know, it's, I feel for him. I, I wish she would choose the task force once in a while and and team up with them and give them. I was glad she was giving wrestlers something, you know, and but while I would like to see someone on her side from the task force, she's proven that she's not exactly trustworthy with it. and. But it's odd because they sat there in one episode and said, you know, well, we have to go after her. You know, this is <laughs> she's helping a fugitive like we, we can't protect her with this. And they turned around the very next episode and we're doing their best to protect her. And so they have a lot of loyalty to her and have for years. I mean, you've had Cooper that helped her escape when escape when the cabal was after her. Mm-hmm. You have wrestler who let her go when the cabal was after her. It's a time, time who depended on with his life. Exactly. Time and again, they have put their lives, their careers mm-hmm. on the line even after she has done things that either were or felt like betrayal. And so it's it's interesting. I don't know if it's them see, you know, wanting to... Cooper made the comment one time that, you know, if, if she shot... Uh, shot uh, uh, what's his name? Tom Connolly. 
that, you know, he said that that good person will be gone. And I think he's continued to see that good person in her, whether Mm. you believe it's there or not. That, and I, I, a part of me wonders if Cooper, if Wrestler, Aram, the, the core three that are still left, if they're not hoping, if we give her just this one more chance, she'll come back to us. Mm-hmm. Red has done all of this to her. We just need to get Liz back. What, what do you think about Red telling Cooper, you know, you, you, you don't want to, to accept it, but what you're seeing is her destiny. So it was a, basically Red saying, at the end, she had no choice. She was always going to go this way. She was always going to betray everybody. She was always going to believe. She was always going to go this dark path. And it's not a dark path for justice, which is more what Red has, you know, proven that it's about all the time. You know, he may do his little revenges, which is almost like a little vacation. Oh, I need, I need a day of, like, of like uh, uh, rest and relaxation. Let me just do a live revenge, just to like, you know, get the juices flowing. Funny <laughs> cash scenes in the background, yeah. So um, the Red is always, you know, he's been very, very clear with there is work to do. We got this, we got to get this work done. He tells Cooper, um, Demba talks about this work that gives meaning to your life. You have, you can just let it go now. Um, he talked, he talked about the mythic battle to her in 311. Uh, he always talked about our war and, and we, you have to end this. And now we're, we're going back with the archive right back into that, um, into the cabal and the mythic battle. Um, because that archive had information that is damaging to everybody at that board. So, while Liz's bad stuff seems only to be about her wanting answers, and my 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 point is, she gets answers and then she ignores them because it's not what she wants to 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 see. I mean, she 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 was happy with Red in 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 season five, right? Oh, I found my daddy, then I'm good, and then he's all happy. But then get to season seven, and she's like, yeah, well, I hated him because he abandoned me. So Liz has never solved the core issue of I have been abandoned. Even though I shot my daddy, and that thing, for whatever reasons, that consequences, and they may be protecting me by doing this, doesn't get into her. Nor she understands, well, maybe the reason nobody is telling you things outright it's because you way you walked honey you turn around and you throw a guy that you have believed from the very beginning is your father you threw him to the walls again and again and again and then the task force that all we love you again is like you only in order for you to love somebody they got to treat you really bad and use you and then they're like yeah i think that the okay here here's a question um i have two people uh, the two other Keens, mm-hmm. uh, Tom and Agnes. Do you think she really loves Tom and Agnes? I think she loved Tom. I think Tom had a line to her that was immediate. It was evident. And I think it went all the way back to their childhoods to before all this thing happened. And Tom had a way... In, in, in both their darkness, 
they had a way of bringing the best out of both of them. And Tom kept Liz somewhat tethered to to the to the light. I am not convinced that she loves Agnes. I, I think that she had proven again and again that between Agnes and the truth is always the truth. I fully agree with what you just said about Tom. Um, I, I agree with the fact that before all of this happened, I think that they knew each other. I think that, that they were those kids on the beach um, mm-hmm. before Tom was taken, before Liz was taken, before their entire lives were destroyed. And I think that that little moment of peace there is deeply, deeply embedded in either of their memories. And that's one reason that they were put. I mean, they, Tom says that when, when Liz is, when Liz had faked her death in season three, he tells the doctor that it was the first time either of them felt like family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I think that that's, that's exactly why with Agnes, I have, I'm on the line with that one um, because I think that there was she lost key time at the beginning mm-hmm. um, and even in the pilot she makes the comment um, to Cooper and Reddington makes it to her episodes later that she thinks having a kid is going to fix the trauma that happened to her Mm-hmm. Um, it's been something that's been repeated again and again and again and um, I've been back and forth because she's she's great with Agnes when she's with her mm-hmm. when she's with Agnes she's with Agnes I I feel like the next piece of the puzzle to help me understand if she loves her in the truest sense will be when we no, get- she basically chose the mother, and and well, I guess the kid is Lord knows where. That's that's my question. Is where is Agnes? If we, because she could have done something behind the scenes. It's we we may be looking at the issue of all of this was supposed to happen packed into one, but yay pandemic, and they had some really funky shooting and development and putting it on air, yeah. and so I'm willing to give it a little bit of patience until we're back uh, on the 22nd I think it is and so but that's kind of that piece of the puzzle I'm waiting for on if I'm starting to really worry about Liz's feelings for Agnes I now I think if you ask Liz do you love your daughter she oh would yeah you, I, like and she would believe it 100% I think she believes she loves Agnes don't know I'm still on I'm on the fence right now which is something that's changed recently but the fact that she just when she sent Agnes away with Scotty right after Tom died or right after she woke up um from her coma I understood that and like it I understood it that she felt like that darkness in her was so much it was you know impeding on her child she was seeing the issues with her and so she sent her away and she was supposed to go deal with all of that and then she felt like Agnes was in danger. And then she finally brought her home. And since she brought her home, she seems to have been really good with her. And I was surprised how connected to Liz Agnes seems to be. Mm-hmm. 
actually find that a little bit odd. Um, just because Agnes wouldn't really remember her. I mean, she was like two. But which, obviously the, the implication was that she was that she had been visiting Agnes. It's not that she had been yeah. out there. She had been visiting Agnes and Agnes knew that that was her mom. Um, it, it was like Agnes was believing that that Scotty was her mom. Yeah. She, be, she knew that that Liz was her mom and that she would go home. And 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 then you know at least for 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 Liz she left them with a relative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I also think that you touch on something that is very important. It's that those first few months are very important. And I also think that she didn't have the best example. Sam was great, but. She she makes a comment somewhere in there. She said he did what he could. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was not her dad. I mean, he was her dad, but he like not. I mean, not by he liked the the genetic part that made him understand this weird creature that he had been laden with. Well, I mean, and he didn't want to keep her at first. I mean, no. he was like, no, Katarina, come get your kid. Like I was only supposed to be a, a short. He expected to have her for a short time, like Scotty had yeah. Agnes for a short time. And when he became Liz's dad, it was out of necessity. Like, nobody will take this child. I'm not yes. putting her on the streets. He he had to man up with that when it wasn't really his place to. I, I love Sam. I will sing his praises. And it's probably but one of the reasons I just like read. Let me ask you something. How much of that weird stuff with Liz can be attributed to that strange nanny she had? I mean, excuse me, the mother decided to take a nanny that was obsessed with cadavers. <laughs> yeah, that can go well. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that yeah, was the first several bodies, years. Bodies, kids, yeah, perfect. How about if I murder the child and I have two in one? <laughs> God, but yeah, I mean, a very odd mother, a very odd nanny. Um, we don't really know how active uh, uh, Constantine was in her life, but he was traveling all the time. But she remembers somebody in that Christmas uh, Christmas tree lot, which has to be Reddington like because it looks like Reddington, and it has so, to be Reddington because of course her Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. And and not only that, she had other things. I mean, that's a thing. When Jennifer takes her to that beach and and Liz says 20 steps to the sand, Jennifer knows that Liz is remembering that, which means that that's something they both were told and Jennifer remembered and knows Liz is remembering. So that means Jennifer had to have spent some time uh, with Liz in that house. The sheriff wasn't like, wait a minute, there was one child, now there's two? Where's this other one came from? Yeah. I mean, there, there is a lot of indication. Uh, Naomi remembered Liz, you know, 20-some years later with a different name. Obviously, Liz spent time with Reddington and his family. Yep. So it's this she part of this had, whole thing. She had a very warped childhood. And then on top of the warped childhood... The trauma of shooting her father and a, a fire, yeah, a fire and all of that being kidnapped. I mean, even if it was her dad, you know, even if Reddington is her father and he's the one that took her, even if she knew him, if that, they took her, yeah, I, I mean, mean maybe not, the whole thing was a way of getting out. 
and and there was you know there was really no kidnapping. I mean, we don't really know. No, I mean, what happened? But well, Sister Orchard told her she said the things you're remembering they're going to be jumbled. You've had a lot of manipulation there. It's mm-hmm. you can't basically you can't trust your memories. Yeah. There's a reason that landed in what came to the screen. I mean, that was to me that seemed like a very important thing that it's easy to forget that we cannot trust Liz's memories. I I do trust them, but you have to apply logic in order to get there. Because what she remembers, it's this like jumble. So you gotta, you gotta use other things to kind of like place them. Yeah. You can't, you can't trust them in a linear sort of fashion. No, I mean, you wouldn't generally not trust a four year old memory of anything. I mean, I'm, I have a pretty good memory. My memories of four are like, you know, yeah, they're jumbled here, a scene yeah. here, a scene there, but I wouldn't try to make reality out of that. So th- there's, there's all this this crazy stuff happening with Liz. But honestly, the more I think about it, the more that that, that being saying, Nanny had to have something to do with this. I mean, Kate was weird. You know, she was great, but she was very weird. Yep. I mean, I love her, and I'll agree with you there. She was an odd duck. Mm-hmm. So, and Constantine, I mean, just judging by the temper tantrums that they actually not, not use in the air, he was also not that very nice a man. The temper tantrums. There is one scene is is uh, is unused. It's in one of the DVDs, and and he just somebody told him about about um, uh, Diaz, and he just takes like the whole. Uh, he had like a like a scale model of something. And he just takes him and like throw him against a wall. Um, so there is a there's a guy with a temper temper issue, and and then goes with the Rostov. What what Red said about the Rostovs, there you know there's a there's eccentric and and very um, strange. Um, which which brings me, which. How would it affect your understanding of Liz? Just putting yourself in Red's position or in anybody's around. If you believed Liz was the daughter of Blonde Cat or Katerina? Well, I mean, <laughs> there, that's a pretty open-ended question for that. It's, I mean... It depends on who Blonde Cat is, I think. I well, mean, but if, of what you know of her, you don't don't well, don't. Let's not think about who you might be in reality, but well, what say, you as, know of her. As it stands in canon, she has not necessarily been fully and obviously disproven. I think she's not, you know, Liz's cat or you know Lottie's cat, but. They have not come out and said, oh, but look, here's the, you know, here's the older version of who Lottie played. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, for oh, Liz and, and for everybody surrounding Liz, with the exception of maybe Reddington and a couple of people in his inner circle, that's Katarina. I mean, for mm-hmm. anybody's best guess. And so I think it would depend I, 
I yeah, think but but you you as like, an audience have seen the memories and and hallucinations and tales of Katerina, and you have seen this woman. If you don't believe that they're the same, how would it affect you believing what you believed of Katerina before or this woman? So in other words, if you thought that Liz was the daughter of the woman remembered by Kate and hallucinated by Red and which is in the Rasvet tale and that Dom hallucinates with her, how would then Ilya remembered in Orion how would that make you believe that Liz is as opposed to this woman who Bertie was killed and she didn't even shed a tear for this, that she's probably the most ruthless person that has been on the show? I don't think we have enough information, solid information about Lottie's cat to say that she wasn't very similar to blonde mm -hmm. cats. I I mean, she was with the cabal. Um, now, she did try to protect someone that she loved. Um, she tried to talk Fitch out of of um, killing Reddington. Um, said, let's just... But she also said, let's destroy him. Let's take his career down. It's, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. She wasn't willing to... She, she put her job above all else. Um, mm -hmm. But she also wasn't willing to kill the man she loved for her job. It was that kind of line that she walked mm. very much season one, Tom. Mm. Um, I don't know about blonde cat. It's she obviously was willing to let red kill that kid that she seemed to be attached yeah. to. She mm. had no problem with it. Yeah, good luck kid. You know, <laughs> it's, it's been swell. Um, but I don't know if it would have been different with Liz. I do think that for her, Liz was useful. Mm -hmm. And as long as she was useful, Liz was safe. Or mm -hmm. as safe as she could be. Um, so, let me ask you. What do you think Red really meant when he said, did I tell you that you remind me of your mother? Was that, was that a, Good thing or a bad thing? I I mean, we talked about earlier in the show that I it didn't seem like a compliment. <laughs> it didn't, right? <laughs> exactly. I don't so remember exactly what he was reacting to, but the entire season, he was just kind of like, oh my gosh, dial well, it back. <laughs> it, it was with uh, when he is trying to find out who betrayed him and who put him in jail. And she's like, um... Why can't you be honest about why you're giving it this case? And she's like, you remind me of your mom. <laughs> um, because I have I have this this uh, really wild theory that I developed with the other gen. Um, um, and and some of this is. It's kind of simple, but at the same time, it's complicated, like most things in the blacklist or maybe some things in my mind. Uh, there, um, blonde Katerina seemed to have, if you take what she says at face value, that she truly had no idea why she was chosen. She had no idea why they were trying to kill her, why they, they had 
tried to protect Liz and sacrifice her. If you took all that as face value, she really believes these things. What could possibly be happening? And I started to think about this. What if Dom had created a doppelganger to his daughter? I mean, let's say Dom is, is supposedly KGB and, you know, his daughter is supposed to do whatever the KGB wants her to do. And if it is becoming a honey trap, it's honey at 15, you go sleep with that soldier. Because I told you so. And for Mother Russia and be happy about it. So what if Dom basically had created two Katerina Rostovas? A daughter, a biological daughter, and this child that may be somebody he found in an orphanage that looked like his daughter and he adopted her. So for her, Dom is her father. She has no idea that she may have had an idea that there was somebody else using the name, but maybe there was an, an agent, not her, not her daughter, not, not a daughter of Dom, because she was the daughter of Dom. The Russians seem to have no idea that they were two Katerina Rostovas. They're chasing one that is a daughter, the daughter of Dom. Um, the rest of the world seems to think there is only one Katerina. The CIA is cagier about that. They are definitely hiding something. They're not looking for her. They say she didn't exist. She was a myth. Basically like a burn agent. They're just like ignoring, saying that it didn't. So if Dom had basically created doppelgangers, one Russian Katerina, one American Katerina, to protect his daughter... When the KGB demands his daughter becomes a honey trap, it's Russian Katerina and brings her to America. Then she's is like a sleeper agent. She's ordered to sleep with here and there. And meanwhile, there is this other Katerina that Blancat has no idea exists. And then he's ordering this, this, this daughter to do all these bad things. And meanwhile, protecting the Katerina that is his daughter, my Katerina, as he called her on the on his deathbed so it it just happens that i think dom was a double agent and i think katarina was a double agent and she somewhat learned of this and decided that that was her perfect entry into the kgb and i even think that the katarina that married constantine was blanca and then they did some change Probably with an accident, just like like Scotty, uh, like like Howard told Scotty. I think Howard appropriated a little bit of that, and uh, they an accident so that she looks a little different and acts different, and maybe lost a child uh, because if you remember that nursery seemed to have like grown up dolls for a child much older than a baby, and and Constantine said that my princess loved it and wanted to stay here. So that doesn't sound like a baby that can love anything. So maybe that's what happened. And then they change and, and Katerina went into her place and Blancat was somewhere else. So for Blancat, everything she's saying is true. It's like, why are they doing that? And if she, let's say that, that she had a daughter and Katerina had a daughter because once one got pregnant, the other one had to get pregnant. Um, she sent her daughter to safety. 
She had no idea. She wanted to to be, maybe she sent it with Red, with Reddington, because keep my daughter safe in America. Now, she thinks her daughter is in America, and obviously something was done when the Reddington, maybe, maybe they adopted her as their daughter. Something happened with the Reddington ladies because Constantine also thinks that Red would hurt her own, his own daughter. So maybe there was a fake death. That's what Sutton Ross was done. They did a fake death for him and he was done. So maybe Garvey did that. She thinks her daughter is dead. In Belgrade, she had nothing left. She thinks her daughter died when somebody came and attacked them. She thinks that she has nothing. She gets married and they blow her up. She thinks it's to protect. She doesn't know why. Now, come 2014, 15, and Liz is on the news as Masha Rostova. So she thinks, ah, that's my daughter. And they were hiding this daughter from me. And now it's like I don't have any more family because she doesn't even know that I exist. And she knows that there's another Katerina, but it doesn't make any sense for her because she doesn't know his dumb daughter. And what she realizes is that that other Katerina was a doppelganger and basically is the story of Nora and uh, Rowan Mills. One loved, one abused. Those were nature doppelgangers, but maybe this was just a kid that looked like her. So what do you think? I think it's both very complicated and a possibility. I really like the idea, especially pulling on the, on Nora and what was the sister's name? Rowan. Uh-huh. Rowan, thank you. Uh, I love that actress, by the way. I don't remember. Uh, Kristen, she's very, yeah, Kristen something. Yeah, she's, I think. Um, she's phenomenal. Um, she just, I, I'm doing a Gilmore Girls rewatch, and she just popped up in it, and she plays an entirely different role. She's very, very... Uh, versatile, yeah. Versatile, yes. Um, but I, I like that, um, because the Blacklist does like to retell stories. And I was actually telling someone the other day, I said, you know, when, when they draw parallels between different characters like tell they tell a story with one character and they tell it with the other that's a, that's a parallel when they tell the same story again and again with the same person sometimes that feels like a repeat um i don't remember what we were talking about but anyway um i really like the rowan and nora parallel there especially with i feel like that fits really well with dom um and it also fits very nicely with the story Blonde Cat told about, you know, that her father was KGB and that he forced her to do things. I could see Dom saying, okay, well, here's the girl that I'm showing to the KGB because I don't want my daughter abused like that. And so raising them differently, that's, that's a very interesting story to me. And I like it. Um, I don't know for sure. I mean, I like it. It's simple and complicated at the same time. It is. Yeah. The, exactly. the, the simplicity is that, hey, I am in the KGB or I'm pretending to be KGB or I'm a double agent. I know that I'm going to have to sacrifice my daughter. I'm not going to do that. So, hey, I got a new one. I've, I've been on board with the doppelganger theory for quite a while now. Basically, I guess since the beginning of season seven. Um, I decided that that I felt like Blonde Cat was some sort of doppelganger. Mm. And so I really like the idea. I my my theory has been that it was the cabal 
that did that, uh, or the KGB, one or the other, that that orchestrated that. And that was one way to give Katarina this bigger-than-life sort of uh, reputation uh, that she was she was everywhere at once. Is that you had multiple women that went and did things, and that that you know blew things up and made her that much da- more dangerous and mm. bigger than life. But I feel like your theory brings it back to a familial situation, which is very much the blacklist. A father trying to protect his daughter and doing it in a very twisted way. But for him, that's the way he loves his daughter. That he would be willing to sacrifice someone else to protect his own. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, I mean, that's it goes back to do anything for blood that Liz Mm -hmm. has. Yep. And so the the question is, is that something that can be woven into your DNA? Is that something learned? But did she spend time around Dom when she was a kid? It's, you know, it's, there are a lot of questions there, but I really like that one. It's, uh, there is something about, about the way that Blonde Cat acted, which is both, a little contrived when it comes because she seems highly emotional like she's all over the place but she was like crying with with Ilya why would you kill yourself instead of helping me and she's trying and all the time what she's been trying to do is get to Dom she wanted answers and the answers kill her because it's when she realized who was the other Katerina because she had to have known that there was another Katerina Rostova but to her, it was, yeah, he's another agent. I'm the daughter. And for her, it must have felt so horrendous and so outrageous what they had done. And that's, I mean, if you think about what Red said about her, she's like, oh, she has no name. It fits perfectly well with a kid taking from the streets, like the major, just like the major. You know, for Tommy, it was like, how can you kill me? I'm, I'm, you raised me. And for Tommy, it's like, hey. For the major, it's like, hey, you know the rules. You got involved. It's, you know, disposable. Yeah. I really like that. There's some really nice parallels with that theory. Yeah. There we go. You, you have me cheering on. We knew we'd find one. <laughs> it's bound yeah. to happen sooner or later. No, I mean, and you and I have similar theories over time about Blonde Cat. And mm-hmm. so it's like it's the first one. But I I just, I really like the different parallels that that pulls. And I feel like it goes back to a so lot many of stories. The, yeah, a lot of the central stories about family and blood and DNA you know, versus family, exactly. family versus blood family. Yeah, chosen family versus mm-hmm. biological. Yeah. No, I, I like that one. I do. It it's um it has a a a, a, sim- a complicated simplicity that is very much the blacklist. And once you look, it's one of those things I think like, oh my God, they changed and Katerina was dead and the other was not. But then I started to look at what what they're saying, and and I I, I came to some realizations about that. For example, that KGB. That's how I started to get into it. I started to ask myself, what's that KGB file that Red gets from Basilia in uh, in the in Lady Ambrosia? Is uh, that Katerina's or is that Blancat? 
He doesn't get it from Vasilia. He gets it from the lady uh, yeah. that teaches. Yeah, Vasilia. That her That's name? that was her name. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought that was the uh, Vasilia Patinka. Okay. Was yeah. Her name. Okay. So, what is was that Katerina or Blancat? And I'm like, I think that's Blancat because that's the one the Russians know. The Russians have no idea that there is another one. For them, Dom's daughter is is the traitor and Dom had no problem in blowing her up. And so it's it's just like everything. And then I started thinking, when did, when did Blancat enter this story again? Because we see her in Paris and we think that's when she started. But I don't think so. I think she entered the story when Liz was uh, outed as Masa Rostova. Remember that Red said, I, I'll tell you what I know in the church. I don't know everything. I have really no idea who's coming for you. He knew there were people coming for her. So what he does as soon as she's... Okay, they exonerated her, he repaired his reputation, he fills his coffers, and the next thing he does is look for the file. That is just Mark Rostova, and we think it's Katerina's, right? The next thing he does is he goes looking for Drexel because he got some idea that there was some enemy of him. So he asked, you know, an enemy of him commission a work. Okay, well, Drexel said, I have no idea. I got it. It was all anonymous. They just told me what to paint and where to send it. He goes to the art dealer, and what's the first thing he asks? Where's Rostova? So the enemy of his that he thinks is coming is Rostova. And again, we think it's maybe the title of the painting or is Katerina. What if it's just Blanca? So do you think he really did want to help her when he went to Paris? I think he was, it was, it was a gambit. You know, if I can help her get out, then I will. But if not, I'll, everybody who's following me looking for Katerina will get her. Mm-hmm. So kind of like, hey, you know what? I'll do, I'll do my best to get you out. But if not, get well, I mean, that one instead of mine. Yeah, he and Dembe stayed in the car when when they thought that the the brothers were after him. Yeah, and he- so um, I feel like we should circle back around before we <laughs> before yeah. we wrap this up. Um, what what are your final thoughts? Do you think Liz is a good person or not? That that goes right into what I was saying about this 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 doppelganger, because however bad you think blonde cat is and she is what the other katerina was doing if i'm correct it's pretty dark what blonde was dom was doing is horrendous and it fits right there into are there good people and so i i go back and i thought for a long time that liz was blonde katerina's daughter because that's what red used to think I think that she's really Katerina's daughter, and I don't think she's a good person. Same as I don't think Dom was a good person, and I don't think Katerina was a good person. I think they're loyal to their own, but they're not to everybody else's. For me, I think she is a deeply gray character. 
I think she has the potential for good and the potential for bad. And she, what I would like to see at the end of all of this, I would like to see her be able to use those dark tendencies for better things. Because those dark tendencies make her very good sometimes at what she, like, when she puts her mind to it, she's fantastic. Now she needs to, she needs to ask the questions like you were talking about earlier. But if she could just figure that piece out, she'd be unstoppable. Yeah, well, the way she got the the task force out from uh, from Anna McMahon and all of those things, when she does these kind of things, it it is good. And and I think that she has a possibility. I think when when it comes to Liz, it's not really fate. She has the choice. I agree. And and I mean that that goes back to a, a core that I have within myself that I think everybody does have a choice. I don't think no matter how desperate your situations are in life, you do have a choice. And at some point you are responsible for those choices. I think right now Liz is a desperate person and desperate people do desperate things. I I have said it before that I think that, and you mentioned this earlier, that, that Tom helped, they, they found the good in each other and helped bring that out in each other. Mm-hmm. I think to, to get her to this point, that's one of the reasons he needed to be off the show and for her to think it was impossible to get him back. I don't think that necessarily has to be the in truth of the show that he has to be dead, but she had to think he was at least for her to get to this point. She had to have that, her light, you know, sucked out mm-hmm. for that. Um, you know, the, the light that she looked at. And I think it needs to be Liz's choice. She, she shouldn't, it needs to be a choice she makes for herself mm-hmm. and to lean on her own decisions there. And yeah. so and she has to learn to trust that inner thing that when, when she began this journey, she was much better at. If you, if you look at the people she had trusted implicitly immediately, she trusted Red. She was telling him about the passport and the whole thing right away. She trusted Tom. Um, and good or bad, she had trusted Jennifer, which I think that was very misplaced. And she had trusted uh, this cat. Despite her first intent with this cat is tell her, you're, you're a killer of anybody, of friends, family, relatives, anybody. So she has the instinct, she just doesn't act on them. Yeah, and she may not I mean, trust herself. Yeah, that makes I mean, with, with, with Jennifer, if somebody had gone into this elaborate thing to show you some bones, wouldn't you have said, wait a minute, girl, didn't you know where I live? Because you, if I remember correctly, you spent a night in the sofa. Sure, I made you do it, but you know where I live. You could just bring the bones and show them to me. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that anybody would say. Um, maybe I go recheck that DNA test that she showed me just because... She seemed awfully gleeful when she was sending uh, Red to the to the um, death penalty. So yeah. just those kind of things that make you like, yeah, a little recheck on those is good instead of, I mean, distrust Red by all means. She's not very, he's who he is. But apply the same to everybody. 
yeah. and trust the task force that generally have no ulterior motives. Uh, my my biggest concern, I guess, with Liz is the loyalty thing. To me, loyalty loyalties will keep you alive in situations that are desperate. And it's like both knowing who to trust and but those people you're loyal to. And Liz doesn't have that. So that I don't have high hopes for her survival, in other words. And to me, it would be absolutely fine if she dies at the end. Because it'd be what's been going to happen from the very beginning. Yeah, well, we'll just disagree on that. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and and everybody will hate me, except the people who hate Liz, and then they will probably love me or hate me for something else. Yeah, and they'll find something, don't worry. Mm. That, that like crowd needs to be pretty angry no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, I won't get into that. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add? No, no. I mean, I don't know if we're going to do another one before the next um, thing, but probably not because it's, we're almost, you know, we're, we're almost there. there. Yeah. And it's been very uh, real stuff has been very, very um, busy for both of us. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And you can chat with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr. And Tessa is on Reddit. I haven't been on Tumblr, so. Oh, uh, but we do have the Keen Minds over on Tumblr, so feel free to send questions. I will tag her so that she gets an alert. All right. Until All right. the next episode of The Blacklist. Yes. Bye-bye. Be safe.